Yeah, I think it's connecting with being aligned with who you are. My values is that I appreciate actually being connected with somebody and being real and authentic and generous and creative. By having, by not being connected to these massive big work projects, I actually had the space to rehearse my songs and talk to my sisters and talk to some friends and make a better meal or feel more present of mind to make a better meal for myself and nourish myself and, and having the more time in the day and the evening to do all these things, I was feeling more generous with my time. It actually made me more feel more aligned with who I truly am. Hi, this is Joshua Spodek, and this is Leadership in the Environment. You're not the only one who cares about your impact enough to act. You're part of a global community undeterred by people saying, if others don't change first, then what I do doesn't matter, and other excuses. We've read the science. We can do this. This show is about personal responsibility, acting, and improving your life by your values. As guest after guest says, the challenge was hard, but thank you for getting me to do it. I wish I'd done it earlier. Listen on for leaders to inspire you. Hear their struggles. And then act. Go to joshuaspodick.com slash podcast to commit to a public, personal challenge of your own. You're not alone, and you don't have to wait for others. For anyone who listened to Emily's first conversation and thought, oh, turning off your computer at night, that's not really that hard. Having launched a book, it's a very hard time. It's extremely stressful. It's not easy. She still did it. So you'll hear. Despite Emily's defining environmental differently than I expected, her experience was remarkably similar. I think if you're listening to this in order to take on challenges yourself, I think you'll have a lot to learn from. Some of the big things you'll pick up, listen for this, that it's not what you avoid, it's what you replace it with. So if you're thinking, oh, I'm going to miss out on something, you don't just sit there staring at the wall when you're not, say, using the computer or traveling or whatever. You're doing something instead. It's not how big the challenge is. It's if you act. Once people act, you start finding out new things you never would have expected before. So take on a personal challenge. Go to joshuaspodek.com, click on commit to a personal challenge. Go to emilyannpeterson.com, pick up her book. We also talk a lot about bravery in her upcoming book. And I can tell that her actions come from experience, which her book is about. So listen up for more about bravery, how to learn bravery, and what her book is about. I've been looking forward to this partly because this is one of the learning experiences for me that it's not just doing something environmental like I think, but it's also doing something environmental how you think. So when last we spoke, not that long ago, you've taken on a challenge. You've been doing something, changing your environment. I wonder if you could share how it's gone. Great. The challenge was to you know pick something that I can do over the next week. And I chose the very simple task of just turning off, like completely power off my computer, mm-hmm. not sleep, just actually shut it down at the end of the night. And that doesn't affect like global environment as much as it did my personal environment. But what I experienced was that, cause I did do it yes. first of all, but what I, <laughs> so success there. Not everybody does. Yeah. I know <laughs> success there. But what I noticed was that adding to my ritual of turning off something or closing down my evening or closing down my day by turning off something it made my evening a little bit more meaningful. Interesting. Meaningful is a, that's a big word. Yeah. Because I work from home, right? Cause I, 
that's what I do. And so if my, if there was this sense that like, if my computer was off, I actually was not able to quickly hop on and fix something or go back to work really quick. And so the only device that was available to me after work, after, you know, quote unquote work was done, you know, after like what, seven ish PM Mm -hmm. that between the hours of 7 PM and going to bed, I was not able to like hop on and jump into a big project. So that just meant, it meant a lot to my evenings. I was able to make a longer meal and, mm-hmm. and be more present in the evening, even though it was a very, very, very simple task. The other thing I noticed was that because I attached it to other rituals, so basically it was, this is just something I know about habits, is that you're more likely to enforce a habit if you attach that new habit, both good or bad, to a previously founded routine. So what I attached it to was dinner. So when I ate dinner, before I started to cook dinner, I turned off my computer. That's really early. I mean, for me, that feels early. I totally. eat dinner and the thought of not getting on the computer afterward is like, now you're making me think, okay, so let me back to you. But yeah, that's- Well, I mean, my deal. phone was still on. So I was still, you know, like messaging my team and communicating with people. But I basically was like, no, I'm- I don't need to be working on big, massive projects after this time of day. So you're in communication. Yeah, I'm still able to communicate. I was still connected and plugged in, in like an official capacity, but I was not able to dive into a massive project after the hour of like after dinner, basically, which is, I mean, if you followed anything of, you know, have, uh, oh my gosh, I forgot her last name. Huffington. Ariana Huffington. Uh, Ariana Huffington. Thank you. Uh-huh. That the, your post dinner routine is so important to how you rest. Like you should be ramping into your rest a lot earlier. It's not just like, oh, now I'm in bed. It's now time for bed. You're actually, your bedtime routine should take a lot longer than you think it does because your body takes a lot longer to unwind. And so this activity of just turning off my computer before dinner was the first step of like, okay, now I'm unwinding now. (sighs) Right. Am I reading you right that you didn't have an evening routine or that whatever evening routine you had, this made it a whole other level. Like it, it it was like a, a discreet break between the day and the evening. Correct. Now, since it's Emily Ann Peterson that I'm talking to, I have to ask, was there bravery involved in this? Oh, totally. Because the week that we're doing this right now is a very big week for me. Like I have so many projects that are going on and so many important projects, not just busy projects. It's not like this is legitimately big, huge projects for my clients and for myself and for my own career. And so the it did take a ton of bravery to just say, if anything happens between now and whenever I go to sleep, if it needs me to jump into it, it can wait till the morning. Oh man, that's physically what you did. What about emotionally? How did it go? Mm, good question. Could you handle it? Were you freaked out? I think like the first couple nights that I did it, it was emotionally a little on the anxiety triggering part, but it was like, it lasted like maybe 10 seconds. You mean you turn it off and you're like, ah, that's not a big deal like that. Yeah. Well, it was like the, it was the five seconds before I did it. And then the five seconds afterwards uh-huh. that it was like, oh, do I really have to do this? Oh gosh. Yeah. I kind of do. Cause I'm going to do, I was being held accountable. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, I really do. Cause Josh was going to ask me on Friday if I did this thing. Yeah. Okay. Do it. And then 
did it. And then the second that it shut down, I'd be like, oh, I can still turn it back on. Oh no, but I'm hungry. And so I would make dinner and then nothing would happen. (laughs) All the fears were unfounded. Yeah, exactly. Like no big projects came up, no emergencies came up. And yeah. And if an emergency had come up, I could have turned the computer back on. It's not the end of the world, right? And you also didn't get on social media and you didn't waste a lot of time doing whatever. Maybe you don't waste time, but I find it's very easy to waste time on the computer in the evening. Oh, totally. I mean, there was still wasting of time happening on my phone, Mm -hmm. but that's part of my evening routine is that then that's when I get to enjoy being connected instead of working through my connection, if that makes sense. Yeah, you know, the pattern that you're talking about the pattern you describe is very similar to the pattern that I see with a lot of people with the other environment when they do things. They're also like freaked out and then they do it and it's not that big a deal. I mean, that's about some of them. Some of them, it is a big deal. And then they have to go back to the drawing board and figure out how am I going to make this work, which I really like when it's someone who's say written a book and they're like, here's how you do X, here's how you do Y. It's really simple. Just do it. And then they do it. And it's like, not so easy. Yeah. And like, I got this guy, he's like a, a Marine, does ultra marathons all around the world. And his goal was to not eat packaged food for a week. Can't make it. Like, oh, landmines finding out in Afghanistan, not so hard. And I think that's great for listeners because some listeners are thinking, oh, why should I bother trying? Like these superhuman people, they can do it, but I can't do it. But I like that people share that they're human. They're like, that you're also like, yeah, brave, 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 brave. I'm scared to do this. (laughs) Oh yeah. But here's what the thing that I noticed, you know, and, and this relates to, you know, we were talking a little bit previously about how courage is contagious and how bravery just can't help but be spread, you know, when you see something inspiring that somebody else is doing. Mm-hmm. But it happens internally too, which is what I noticed. And that actually didn't make it in my book, which is interesting. Well, I guess it did. Listeners, you heard it here first. <laughs> I know. I'm talking myself in and out of things. So, but it did prove the fact that like the more you practice bravery, mm-hmm. the more or the easier it is to do brave things. And that did make it in my book. And so in this instance, what I noticed was that like a couple days into it, I was kind of looking for other things to attach to that moment of the day. So like either a ritual of washing my hands, just kind of like to physically and emotionally cleanse myself of the work day or a ritual. Like I I just love rituals just because I think when you add intention and meaning to them, it empowers you in a really kind of oh, yeah. Uh, you're talking spiritual. to spiritual. Oh yeah, I'm like a hundred thousand plus burpees. Like I like ritual. <laughs> oh yeah. So, but it was that kind of stuff that I was like, oh, what else can I put at that moment? Like, turn off the computer. Maybe it could be like, turn off the computer. The moment I turn off my computer is the chance that I get to read a chapter of a book that I've been going through for mm-hmm. dinner, or maybe it's the moment that I call a friend just to chat and say, Hey, or like, so those are some of the other ideas that came to mind that was like, Oh, what if I could use that moment of like pre-dinner post-work pre-dinner to make my life better cleanse or break or yeah, totally. So now you have time to think, I mean, at this stage, well, it's been a week. Have you figured out like what is going to be in that stage or are you still kind of letting it happen? It's interesting because I'm, because now I'm going into book launch and book tour mode. So I'm not going to be behind my computer as often Mm -hmm. as I have been previously, but I do like the idea of a pre-dinner routine. And so, yeah, I am, I'm considering building more things that I can do when I'm on the road as well. Cause that's the other thing is that 
you know, your routines change whenever you travel. And I know you mentioned this last week that that a lot of times travel has been the thing that's gotten in the way of your previous challenges. Yes. What have they done? Oh man. So two big ones are other people yeah. and travel. So let's see, what have people done? I mean, sometimes they just kind of give up on it. Like if they're doing something, not eating meat or packaged food. I mean, the big things are either you stick with it no matter what, and then you have to involve the other people and you have to tell them, you know, I'm not going to eat what you brought out or something like that. But, and so you have to figure out how to communicate with them. And the other one is you say, well, okay, this, this one didn't work out. So I'm not doing it hundred percent, but I'm not going to let it slide either. Like I'm not just going to give up. So, okay. I wanted to have say no meat for this month. All right. I had hamburger when I was at my aunt's house and I don't know, for me, I go the first way. Well, actually on some things I go the first way, like with meat, I'll skip meals before I eat meat. If that's, well, it's never been the case. I've never had to skip a meal because there's no meat. There's always something, but with packaging, I'll get some packaged things here and there. I mean, way less than before. Yeah. Like I haven't had bottled water in a long, long, I have no idea when it was like that's zero, Mm -hmm. but either way, I think the second way is a little more interesting when people say, I'm not going to let it get me down. I'm not going to let it like, okay, yeah, this is what happens sometimes. And then let me see how I can learn from the experience. Well, and I would say, because, so when you're traveling and touring on the road as a musician, typically when you're on your travel days, the middle of your day is not lounge around, wait for things to happen. The middle of your day is spent actually traveling. So like at the the airport or on a bus or you're driving the bus or whatever. And then once you get to the venue or once you get to your, the place that you're performing at, that's the time. Like you have like this sweet two hours between your sound check and between when you have to get on the stage where you can actually get work done. Uh So I've been on tours before where like the hours between the hours that we're talking about here, like six and 9 PM are the best, like the only times that you have to work. And so I can see how if I made myself a rigid rule of my computer is off after 7 PM, that that would actually hurt my career in a big way. And so I would want to install some other kind of ritual post-performance to incorporate that same kind of unwinding into the evening. Well, if you're about to go on the road, I guess not for music, but for the book, I would love to have you back on to share how things work out. Because this is the sort of thing that you can plan because most stuff is unforeseeable. And I think listeners would benefit from hearing how did it go? Sure. I'm happy to do that. Cool. Because I'm curious too, because at this point I'm seeing that like, yeah, I'm saving like a minuscule amount of electricity by having my computer off or not plugged into the wall. But what I've benefited is that unwinding portion of the evening. And so I think that's the thing that I would want to experiment with while I'm on tour is how can I incorporate a more elongated, more intentional unwinding of my evening so that I can be more present so that I can like have a better life and help other people have a better life too, because of it. So so I'd love to hear how that goes. I want to follow up on a couple of things you said before. One of them was bravery spreads. Yeah. Has this practice translated? Has it made it, has it jumped to other people? Has it, have people observed differences in you and have you shared it with other people? Possibly. I mean, I've made more phone calls or like, you know, FaceTimed with my sisters and nieces, but they didn't know that that was happening as a result of this choice of mine. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and I think that's actually a pretty interesting commentary is that, you know, the world doesn't have to know, like you don't have to be on your own soapbox announcing how good you are about your changes in your life 
you can just allow those changes to naturally unfold and you can naturally allow people to benefit from them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess you have the choice. You can go that way or you can tell them. Yeah, totally. I didn't tell anybody mm-hmm. just because even though I'm like, just wrote a book that was kind of a vulnerable tell all of brave moments of myself and my life. I'm mostly a private person. So, <laughs> so, so I didn't tell anybody that I was like, doing this new habit or trying this new thing out, Mm -hmm. which is interesting. So I feel like it connected with something satisfying in you. Certainly there's something about uh, what I'm reading. There's something about uh, ritual, but I feel like that, is it about harmony or is it about like, it feels like there's something that's connecting with a value of yours. Yeah. I think it's connecting with being aligned with who you are. Mm -hmm. Like my values is that I appreciate actually being connected with somebody and being real and authentic and generous and creative. And so by having, by not being connected to these massive big work projects, I actually had the space to rehearse my songs and talk to my sisters and talk to some friends and make a better meal (laughs) or feel more present of mind to make a better meal for myself and nourish myself. And, and even and having the more time in the day and the evening to do all these things, I was feeling more generous with my time. So it actually made me more feel more aligned with who I truly am. So I've been holding back on connecting your experience with how things go with people who do stuff environmental, specifically, you know, polluting less or that sort of thing. Because mm-hmm. the way you spoke about what it connects with, it's other people. It's not, you're not thinking about, like you're not putting the computer off in front of you and looking at the computer and be like, oh, I wish I could do that. I wish I could do that. You're filling it with other things that are more valuable to you than the computer. Yeah. And this is what happens over and over again with people is they think, oh, it's going to be difficult to, you know, not have to package food or not to fly or something like that. Actually, no one else besides me has done the not flying. So I should give you an example. Well, even for me with not flying, it's not about not flying. It's about yes, local community. Right. And you're having this experience and the same thing, several things that you said are very similar. It's like, it's hard at first. And then, oh, it's a lot easier than I thought. And the, the fears that I had have not been realized to the point where it's so similar an experience for you as I'm hearing it. This is my impression that I have to say, if you are, since you said you're willing to go again, I, I want to invite you at your option to take on something, a different one that's more like the, the environment that I normally think of. Yeah, Totally. I'm totally game. Okay, cool. What makes you so willing? Oh, because I care about it. (laughs) Like, because, you know, because doing something like that would also align with who I truly am. So the decision, although like in application would might be difficult, the decision to make my environment on a global scale a little bit better, even just by micro, micro amount, that decision would still align with me fully. Feeling inspired? Do you like hearing others acting that you're not alone? Go to joshuaspodek.com slash podcast to hear other interviews, but even more valuable, join the growing community of people who care enough to act, not just talk. Read the list of people who have taken on personal challenges and then commit to one yourself. Don't be surprised if you end up loving it, changing more, and finding people following you without you even trying. That's what happens when you improve your life by living by your values. So listeners are used to hearing me say this. What I find is not the size, you're like micro. It's not the size of the initial action. It's does the person act or not? And if they act, then the next one's going to be bigger. And I hope people listening are getting the idea 
whether you start with, let's, if it's fair to say what you're doing was a personal growth exercise, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but if you want to grow personally, starting with something in the environment, acting on environmental value is a pretty effective way to do it. Likewise, if you want to do something for the environment, starting with some personal growth, like these, it's very easy to cross over from one to the other. It's very similar social and emotional skills that you're putting into practice here. So people are listening. If you're looking to develop yourself as a leader or as whatever, to become more brave or something like that, and you're not sure where to go, but you care about the environment, well, start with the environment and you'll find yourself easy to switch over to something else. And if you want to do something environment, but you're not really sure, but you know, people around you are like doing yoga or something like that. Yeah. I totally agree with this because what I have seen, so, you know, as we discussed earlier, my previous career was a cello teacher before I got intrigued by this bravery stuff and wrote a book about it and all this stuff. And so I know from experience, so many years of experience that when a student practices some of these skills that we applied to an instrument, that later on they would have like, let's say, let's use a really difficult piece. They would use one practice technique is to chunk it up into tiny parts and practice the tiny parts one by one. Okay. So then like two years later, after they've been playing cello for forever, then they have a really crazy heinous week at work. And I've had, this has happened so many times. I've had students or other clients come to me after the fact and go, oh my gosh, you'll never believe it. But I tried that chunking method on my week or my to-do list or my crazy stressful family life. And it worked. (laughs) It worked. It's amazing. And it's totally true that like, these are skills that you can apply to anything, anything. Yeah. I have this coaching client and he was, I was like trying to get him to learn some stuff about how to lead people. And he's going on vacation with his family. He's talking about his son is annoying. And I say, do it with your son. And I'm not going to go all the details. And he comes back after two weeks and he's like, my son was acting up and I did that stuff. And it's like, my wife noticed it was awesome. My son looks at me. He's like, whoa, that's interesting. My dad never talked to him like that. And he like, likes it. And then I was like, okay, what you did with your son now do that with all your employees. And he's like, oh my God. <laughs> and so, you know, it only takes a couple of times to do that, to get right. that, like these social emotional skills of relationship skills and that they apply. Yeah. As you say, everywhere in all your relationships. But I would also say that, you know, if you are facing something that is really difficult. Like say, for instance, I have a marketing client come to me and they are facing like the fact that their business is shutting down and they're just like really scared to make this big, scary pivot. Well, I would ask them to pick something that doesn't feel so brave, that feels like kind of easy and apply the same technique to that thing first, just so that they can experiment, you know, kind of use that smaller, not scary version as a sandbox for how this big version, big scary version might play out. And yeah, so- play a few scales before Cardi Hall. Totally, yeah. right. And another thing is when I hear people say, yeah, I could do X, avoid packaged food, or I could do X, I could bring bags with me to the store. But if I do that and no one else does, then it doesn't make a difference. I'm like, you just missed an opportunity to develop and grow as a person. Like, that's why I try to make this, it's yes, it's the environmental effect of lowering your pollution or lowering your emissions or something like that. That's the side effect. That's not what I'm going for. I think that's what I will achieve. What I'm going for is living by your values. And yeah. living by your value is like evaluate better, worse. It means living a better life. And I crave for the show to take off so that people are like, oh, this is what a great way to improve my life is I can just 
most people want clean air and clean water. I haven't met a single one who doesn't. And it's an area where you can act and develop these skills. And then suddenly they apply everywhere. Right. But I think it's important. And you've said this before too, that it's important for you to do something for yourself before you do it for somebody, before you do it out of guilt for something else. Yeah. It's your value. So yeah. If someone says to me, yeah, environment, that's not really a big deal for me. I'm like, all right, well then I don't do the invitation to take on a challenge because then it's, it's, I'm coercing them or trying to, that's not my goal. And Mm -hmm. I wouldn't do this if I didn't think that a majority of people wanted more clean air and clean water and clean land in the world. Right. Leadership for me, it's accessing motivations that are already there. If they're not already there, that's management, I guess, authoritarian or something like that. But that's not, it's, you're doing something that you wanted to do or that you, that's valuable for you. And you're doing it for you, not for me, not for the world. And it's going to lead to that anyway. Well, and I know, so about with bravery, when it comes to brave things, I've noticed that people will do difficult things, feats of bravery. Mostly, I mean, there's three big reasons. One, that it's contagious that we've already talked about. Second is that someone else needs them to do it. So they feel either obligated or inspired or somebody truly is like in a life or death situation. And the only thing that will save them is if you do the brave thing. And then the third reason is because it's worth it. Like that the thing on the other side of the feet of bravery is worth it. But we're touching on a really good point that like when all three of those things align or match up, usually what ends up happening is that you're doing it for your own self. Now, the way you're saying this sounds like it sounds like something's a key part of your book. And I oh, wonder yeah. if there's a story or something that is connected with what you're sharing of how, of you or a client of how they've gotten across that, the challenge to themselves or to yourself. I don't have a specific example of this just because I've seen it so many times, but like, say for instance, you're facing something really brave. Like I always go to like getting a divorce just because that's kind of a big hairy subject, you know? <laughs> And you know, it's something that you need to do. And you know, it's something that you deep down kind of want to do just because it's been a big pain in your, you know, like the bad marriage is not helping you or anyone else. But if suddenly you had other people involved in that situation, like your kids, like their schoolwork was suffering because of your poor marriage, Mm -hmm. that would give you more reason to, you know, sign the paperwork. If suddenly someone said, hey, the love of your life is ready and waiting for, to like marry you, but you're over here still married to this schmuck over here and you've, you won't sign the divorce papers, but like your best life is on the other side. All you have to do is sign these divorce papers. That'll give you more reason to do the brave thing and sign the divorce papers. But ultimately, I think if you know that it's worth it, right? That you are doing it for your own reasons, then doing something difficult is going to be easier. So basically like the more you can find answers to those three reasons, because it's contagious, because it's needed by someone else, and because you know it's worth it, that doing that feat of bravery will suddenly feel easier. But I think a lot of times people face their feats of bravery without asking those questions. They'll just say, oh my gosh, this is so crazy. I can't do this thing. But if they don't ask like, hey, who needs me to do this thing? Or why is the doing this thing worth it? Or how can I make doing this thing feel contagious and easy? 
if they don't answer those questions, then that feat of bravery will still feel like a big, hairy monster. I, I can hear the voice of experience of having worked with having gotten people through these challenges before and how to make it so that they can face these feats of bravery with more enthusiasm, expectation of success. Yeah. And if they get your book, they'll be able to go step by step of like how to develop the skills to do these things. Mm -hmm. And I also, in my book, it's less of me telling stories about other people going through those, these situations and more about me going through them personally. And so the way I've chosen to write it is like in a practice what I preach kind of way, like saying these things and divulging these stories is a brave thing for me to do. Just because like I said, I'm not a usually shouting my personal details from the rooftops. And I think it actually made like that bravery is an example of how it actually made the book better because it feels more personal rather than a textbook of, hey, this is the description of bravery. No, this is how we know because of we collectively, me and you know that these things are true because here, let me show you how it worked in my own life. And you do the same thing with this show and with your work as well. Like you do a fantastic job of connecting people to the personal reasons why they are wanting to change their lives and, and the rest of the world. And now you're making me blush and I'm going to make you blush back because I'm going to put into, into two words the kind of bravery that you talk about in writing your book. It's bare naked right? Yeah, exactly. Buy the book and see Emily Ann Peterson bare naked <laughs> and bra- bare naked and brave. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you said environment is something you care about. You're on a roll from the computer environment. What's an environment environment value that comes to mind? Okay. So when I am traveling and I'm doing this book tour thing, you know, the travel is something that I can't avoid, but I can avoid some of that packaged food stuff that you've talking about. Like that's a perfect example of, you know, when you're on the road, a lot of times it's just easier to go to fast food or to packaged foods when you're on the road. It's just easier to do. Yeah. I'm so far from that that I'm like, is it? Oh, it is. <laughs> yeah, Cause I, I mean, yeah. cause you're stopping at a gas station every so often. And so it's just natural to go into the gas station and what is in a gas station packaged foods, like yeah. all of it is just packaged foods. So I'm going to make sure that you listen to this later after you go through this, because you're going to say, I call that natural. Oh, I know. I already know. I already know. <laughs> It's one of those things that's like when you get off, when I get, at least when I have gotten off of the road, I'm like looking forward to having real food Mm -hmm. because it's just been like weeks of succumbing to whatever's available, which is awful. But so here's what I want to do and Uh try out. I would like to try out one meal of no packaged foods on all of my travel days. Okay. So how long are you traveling for? I mean, it'll be a long time that I'll be on the road. It won't be constant traveling the whole time because I go slowly throughout the country, but yeah, it'll so be a while. I've learned leadership without management doesn't work that well. So leadership with management works very well. So can we make it a smart goal? So yeah. can we make it more specific? Sure. So you say, you're pretty specific of saying each day that you're traveling. So does that mean if you're traveling Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and you're home Thursday, Friday, and then you're traveling again uh, Saturday, Sunday, does that mean Thursday and Friday you're not doing, well, then you're, you're home, but- well, then I'm home and then I'm not doing packaged foods in general, like fast food, that kind of gross stuff. So I'm not doing that kind of stuff. So it's, is it specifically days when you're on the road? Yeah. Okay. And how long do you think it'll take before either you're done traveling or that you've gotten in the rhythm enough that you have something to share with the listeners and that maybe it's become second nature? Let's do, do you want a date? Is that what you're looking for? Uh, yeah. I mean, effectively. 
Yeah. Um, I would say if we, if we March 1st. Okay. So that's five weeks. Yeah. Okay. And let's see, time. I think, does that feel like there's anything missing from that? Like, I think it's pretty specific. I think uh, it's actionable. It and, oh, specific, measurable, achievable, realistic time. Yeah. So we got the time. We got specific. It seems realistic. It is realistic. What it's going to take from me is an occasional trip to a grocery store rather than going to just sticking to the frontage roads of America. <laughs> That's, you know, like also completely doable because it's not like I've never been to a grocery store before, you know. I'll give you a story and a couple things that have worked for me. Please. At your option, I'm not advising you. I'm just saying these are some things that come to mind. So one of them is that when I was in Charlottesville a couple months ago, my meeting ran late and I had to hurry to catch the train back to New York. And I asked them, is there a grocery store around? And they said, yeah. So I went to the grocery store. I walk in and it's like a tiny grocery store and it's all packaged food, except there's some groceries, uh, produce in the front. And I'm thinking, all right, I'm not going to get the packaged stuff. So I'm looking at the vegetables and the fruit and I'm thinking I'm hungrier than fruit won't satisfy. Like this isn't like an apple thing. I, I'm skipping dinner. So I got, I think it was three zucchinis and a mango and then went in the bathroom and washed them. And at first I thought, who eats zucchinis? That's weird. Even for me, that seems weird. And then I thought, you know, if I'm at a cocktail party and there's hummus, you know, zucchinis, like a raw zucchini is one of the things that will sometimes be there. You can eat raw zucchini, no problem. So I just ate the zucchini on the train. No mess. It was really easy. And it turns out zucchini is really sweet if you just eat it plain. I didn't realize huh. how sweet it is. So that's one thing. And another is, here's an easy thing. I don't know about you. I have a bulk food store near me so I can get oats. See, to me, it would be really easy just to have breakfast. Me, it's if I go to the store with my own bag and get the oats and then oats, you can put them in your bag. I bring oats with me when I go to travel a lot because that way I have a breakfast and throw a couple apples in there, throw a couple nuts in there. And I got breakfast, no packaging necessary. And for me, it would be like an easy way out to make that meal to your breakfast, but you're, it would fit. So I was, oh, yeah. I usually try to bring like that easy breakfast when I travel. Well, yeah. The thing about America now is that there's going to be a grocery store with a bulk food section in a convenient place, like for the majority of the U.S. So what I know ahead of time is that it's just going to take a little bit of extra planning to say, mm -hmm. oh, okay, every big city I drive through, I need to stop and make sure that I catch up on my supplies, yeah. <laughs> you oh, know? Fill up on my oats. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. All right. I'm getting on my calendar and I'm going to March 1st. Great. And so that's a Thursday. And it's open for me. Should we pick the same time as today on that day? Sure. Noon. Yeah. Or 3 p.m. for me. I'm looking forward to this. Me too. And I really want to hear how the transition, like I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of common. You're going to say, wow, it's almost the same thing as that thing with the computer. I know, already know in advance. I'm also curious if the computer thing sticks. I can also tell that I'm probably going to want to do it for more meals on on several, you know, maybe not every day, but on a lot of the days I can tell I'm going to be like, well, that doesn't sound very good. I'm going to just have trail mix or something. So I want to hear how this goes. So I'm going to talk to you again soon. And before we wrap up, is there anything I didn't think to ask that's worth asking? I don't think so. Cause now I'm just excited to try this next thing out. Me too. I can't wait to hear it. And uh, is there any message, like anything to say directly to the listeners of words of wisdom or thoughts or something, anything like that? Well, I'm just looking forward to applying some of this environmental concepts in my own teachings of bravery here on out to just connect this bravery education and these bravery practices and pull it into like, okay, and if you do this inside of yourself and for yourself, then 
this affects you everything on the outside as well. So I'm looking forward to, yeah, I'm looking forward to applying all of this personally. So it's, it's less of like, Hey, you guys, there's no like real message that I have. I'm just excited about, at least in regards to the environmental stuff, I'm just excited to apply this to my own people too. So Awesome. I hope people listening are thinking, I don't want just want to wait to hear hers. I want to do mine and find out my own. So everyone commit to your personal challenge. And then um, <laughs> do you know where you're going to be for people who are listening? Because hopefully this will get out. In, it should come out in the next couple of days. First of all, I do house concerts. And so if you're interested in hosting me for a house concert in your living room or in your house, let me know. Let me and my people know. And you can, all that information's on my website under the tab attend. There's like an info spot for host a concert. That ends up being really fun. So we could have like an intentional evening of, uh-huh. <laughs> of talking about bravery and then connect and then give you a selfie, give Joshua a selfie. And if you give her dinner first, then she won't be on her computer at the same time. Exactly. <laughs> we can, yeah. And all of the tour dates and other event details are also on my website as well. So emilyannpeterson.com. Okay. So everyone go to emilyannpeterson.com and then let's wrap up. And then I will talk to you again. Well, we're going to go back and forth about posting this and making sure that people buy your book. And then we'll talk again. How exciting is that? Oh my gosh. I'm thrilled. Just like to the moon, through the roof. I'm so excited. Awesome. And I know that that's as much as you wrote it for your own internal stuff, you wouldn't do it if it wasn't going to be valuable for the readers. Oh, totally. I just wrote an email to my own team of, you know, supporters and book launch team basically, and was just saying how much I have, I've already received unsolicited heart-wrenching thank yous from people who are really go in the thick of it. And they're really grateful that the book is out there and that they were able to read it. And so it just is goes to show you that like sometimes when you choose to do something brave in my instance, just like writing this book was a brave thing to do that. It really does affect the entire world on a global scale. Awesome. Yeah. Everyone, after you read it, get back in touch with her too and tell her how it went because it's it's such a lonely process to write and so hard to market. (laughs) Well, it's so wonderful to connect the feedback loop. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. I'll talk to you again in about five weeks. And when we hang up, we're going to hang up because I want the listeners to get everything. Okay, cool. Okay. See you later. Talk to you again soon. Bye. People tend to think of taking on a challenge as something hard, that it's too much to ask for, too much to do. In Emily's case, starting led to more enjoyment and based on her experience, on her knowing more. Before she did it, she kind of was expecting it would go well, but she didn't really know. It went really well. It sounded to me. She made it more than habitual to ritual. It was something that she was making. To me, it sounded like a central part of her life. It improved her connection to people, to her family. She got closer to them. And now she wants to do more. So she's taking on more challenges based on her experience of having done it. If you're thinking about taking on a challenge, now's the time. Improve your life, improve your relationships. And as a side effect, I think you'll improve the environment. Did you feel inspired too? Then act. Go to joshuaspodak.com slash podcast and click to commit to your personal challenge so you can inspire others. Value means better and worse, and living by your values means living better by your values. You may struggle at first, but it's the hero's journey from living by others' values to living by yours. People say that little things add up. I won't argue against it, but what I find counts is acting. 
doing something, anything, starts that mindset shift from the debilitating others should act first or making excuses to the empowering, I can make a difference. And living by my values improves my life. I don't have to wait for others to act first. I'm looking for leaders, people who will bring what works here in this podcast to communities I haven't reached. Billions of people want to change their behavior. There's room for leadership from personal leadership of just yourself to whatever scale you want. Start by acting and changing yourself. Go to joshuaspodak.com slash podcast and commit to your personal challenge.